I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. The world we inhabit is not as free, or certain, or safe as you might think. The things that you believe to be unassailably evident are little more than shadows dancing behind a curtain. A masquerade, crafted, and dutifully upheld by an organization known as the Foundation. The file you are about to hear contains containment procedures, descriptions, testing logs, historical and in some cases first-hand accounts of the anomalous objects the Foundation serves to secure, contain, and protect. Its contents have been thoroughly scrutinized by the Ethics Committee and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. Jonathan Everett King, SCP, designation pending, sat in his cell at Site 87 and contemplated his miserable existence. Sure, the Department of Gastronomy ensured humanoid anomalies like him weren't eating gruel and actually got edible dessert, but it was autumn, and autumn meant a larger focus on apple-based products. His meal for today was a Salisbury steak, long since eaten, applesauce, apple juice, and an apple turnover. King tapped on the cup of apple juice. Each time he did, an apple seed floated up from the bottom. He sighed and looked around. Hey, guard, he called, coming up to the one-way mirror of his cell. Dr. Cola, you're supposed to come and collect my tray like half an hour ago. What gives? After two minutes of no response, Dr. King tried the door of his cell. Its lock was still engaged, wishful thinking on his part. He sighed and rubbed his face, turning back to his plate. Might as well see if the applesauce was any good. Not like the cyanide in the apple seeds could actually kill him. He sat down to eat, spilling his apple juice in the process. He sighed and shook his head. Maintenance would be in to clean up soon enough, but he soon realized that maintenance didn't need to, because the juice wasn't juice anymore. It was made entirely of apple seeds, which were flowing over the concrete of his cell, filling the concrete at first an inch thick, then two inches, then five, and then... King had had this exact nightmare before, hundreds of times. He kicked at the seeds with contempt, stomping on several of them. Gonna have to try harder than that, asshole. The seeds coalesced into an upright form, growing muscles, skin, and fabric as it took on a humanoid shape. Soon, a man with a tin pot on his head, overalls, and a startling lack of shoes stood before King. He smelled like rancid apples. Are you honestly going to treat your ancestor and namesake like that, jo In response, King punched the apparition of Johnny Appleseed in its liver. Predictably, its form parted as Appleseed spilled, but it still doubled over in pain. Yes, I am, because you're not really John Chapman, you're that fear bug that's been going around. Johnny Appleseed vomited a stream of beady black Appleseeds into King's face. They were stopped when King began strangling it. I'm not some greenhorn researcher or neurotic agent you can scare with cheap theatrics. Either sit down and have a conversation with me or fuck off back to Arkansas. The appleseed apparition flowed from between his fingers like grain. It looked at him and scowled. How do you know about Arkansas? 
because Randall Owings, one of the top phobologists in the foundation, was my son's godfather, and I think you're his pet project. If that's the case, then he's dead, so fuck you for that. It grinned. You have a son? Oh, I will revel in torturing him. Shut up. King loomed over the specter and scowled. He's not even in this city. He works in an aquarium in Chicago. You couldn't get to him if you tried. It flowed across the table with a rattling sound, taking the seat opposite of King's lunch tray. Very well. We shall speak. King sat down and grabbed his plastic cup of apple juice. He was alarmed to find it upright. So you're a perception-altering anomaly. Wonder if anything you're doing right now is even real. It takes a lot of energy to change my appearance, you know. It pulled a flask of cider from its suspenders. So a bit of trickery is necessary. King sipped at his apple juice. Tell me, do you think you have any actual power over me? Over this city? As we speak, I'm exerting my influence over it. It shut its eyes and shuddered. There's a girl named Nancy who lives at 15 Summer Avenue. She's deathly afraid of clowns. There's one trying to get into her house right now. She told her mother she was a big girl that she could stay home alone while she went to get groceries. Now, she's hiding in the closet, trying desperately not to cry, for fear of me finding her. It grinned, opening its eyes. That's the kind of power I have. King shook his head, tapping his spoon against the tray. With each tap, an apple seed appeared. Your file described you as being affable and friendly after you scared someone. What changed? It laughed. Let's imagine for a moment that I'm wearing a monster costume of some form. With that, it suddenly shifted, appearing in the form of a man in a rubber suit. It stank of sweat and blood. Not very scary, yes. If I jumped out at you and went shaboogly, you'd be startled. But nothing much else would happen. If I laughed it off, said gotcha or something. But if I persist, keep going, then you start getting uncomfortable. Now imagine you're locked in a room with me. It slammed its hand on the table and began crawling over it towards King. You can't escape. I can get as close to you as I want. I still don't say gotcha. I still come closer. And you start to notice things about me. The suit doesn't seem to have any sort of seams. The eyes blink when they shouldn't be able to. You have this overwhelming urge to scream. King backed away from it, gritting his teeth. Party tricks. I know your game, asshole. Don't interrupt. It was upon King now, its rubber maw at the doctor's throat. But then you realize there is a seam. Over the head, of course, there is. That's where the mask would be, but... It backed away, pulling at its head. It stretched and contorted in a way a mask should. Then with the sound of snapping rubber, it came off, and the whole rubber suit fell, empty, hollow. A voice whispered from all around him. This is more fun. Don't you think? King swallowed, looking into the suit. A black, granular mass began flowing from it, covering the whole floor, one inch, three, seven, up to his waist. King had had this nightmare before, of drowning in apple seeds and waking up in an apple-scented hell. He backed up against a wall of his cell that should have been blank. Instead, he found his hand on a large key that was sticking out of the wall. His eyes widened, and out of sheer surprise, he turned it, falling backwards into a room that was full of coat racks. He continued to tumble backwards and watched as a man wearing an old-fashioned bellhop uniform shut the door behind him. Got to you just in time, it looks like. The man offered a hand to Dr. King. I'm the doorman. You're our new hire. New hi- 
King paused as the doorman helped him to his feet. Ah, crap, you're with that union group, aren't you? Got it in one, the doorman led him further in, heading towards an elevator. This town's going down the toilet because of that thing you just met. We're planning an evacuation, but we can't do it without an orchardist. He turned towards King as he pressed the call button. Without you. Why the hell do you need someone who grows apples to help evacuate? You must have a the firefighter, a the paramedic, or hell, a, the emergency coordinator or something. Yes, but we don't have an orchardist that helped build a portal that can punch through space-time and cross into another universe. The doorman pinched the bridge of his nose. Dr. King, I can appreciate that you utterly hate your powers, but when, not if, when this thing tries to break down the barrier of the Nexus and escape, we need someone like you. King frowned as the elevator opened, stepping inside. That is the first time in years that anyone's acknowledged my work with Tyler Bailey. He chewed his lip. What's your sales pitch, then? The doorman smiled, pressing a button for the 293rd floor. The janitor's in a meeting with the firefighter right now. He'll talk to you shortly. Addendum In October of 2020, SCP, designation pending, was found missing from his containment chamber in Site 87. Video feed was interrupted while he was consuming dinner, and the chamber was flooded with over 500 kilograms of apple seeds. To date, SCP, designation pending, is missing, currently presumed terminated. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you like what you hear, follow the link in the description to patreon.com slash SCP Unredacted and help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. You can get access to production logs, merchandise, recognition, and even a part in a skip. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip. All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible, so credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki. Upvote their work and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0, and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0. I'm Grigori Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki. And we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation.